Yes, you are. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, we live in the mix. What's up? My brother. My dog. What we sipping? This is Noble Vines 337. It's my favorite cabinet. A special select by my boy, this Paul. This my shit. By the way, this is the uh, first semi-podcast of Scholarships. We live from Indianapolis, Indiana. Hopefully, y'all tune in and we can get it cracking. Many, many topics to discuss. So, pretty much, <clears throat> I guess, what you just want to go over, like, the, the main theme of what we're going to be doing. Absolutely. First and foremost, we're going to be getting drunk. On every episode. So, well, and other extensive drugs. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about that one. Here you go. I'll Appreciate you, you, brother. So, I guess the... Call scholarships. Go ahead. Shout out to Noble Vines. The the underlying theme is pretty much we're just gonna come on, talk about topics, and go through conversations that we normally have off mic, but also with the with a specialty drink every week. It's either gonna be wine or whiskey. Those are gonna be the main two. Lots of bourbons. He's a bourbon dude. I'm a wino. And that's going to be pretty much the gist of it. So just a run through for the first podcast, I guess, what kind of topic you want to talk about today? I mean, picking a name was interesting. Uh, Paul wanted to actually name the podcast Winos. Super Winos. Which, you know, I semi, we semi-thought about it, but <laughs> not a little concerned with... Uh, the branding? The brand, yeah. But it could have worked. I wow. like... I just call myself the wino. I'm gonna have to come. Yeah, I'm gonna have to come up with my nickname. That's an old nigga term. Cause every time I think, about, every time I think about winos, I think of some old nigga. Wild with Irish beer. Rose, dog. Yes, that that's the 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 package store bullshit. Wild Irish Rose. To be honest with you, too, uh, I would really like to kick a podcast off with some Wild Irish Rose because I never drank them. And my pop said it's wild. That shit is Let's, that shit vicious. Bro. We can't stay away from it. It's, we could do it if we could find some. I don't even know where to get it. Oh, uh, you could go right over there to Seven Eleven and probably grab some right now. They still sell some. Absolutely. That shit. Find a drug nigga on the corner. Ask him. <laughs> he'll probably give you the rest of his bottle. That's what we used to do whenever we first started drinking. We would go right over off Thirty Eighth Street. <laughs> this liquor store, and it was this crackhead on the side of the building. We just pay him to come buy us our alcohol. And get him a little bottle. Yeah, we just get a bunch of Keystone White. Man, we I was, mean, we was like sixteen. Let me ask you, what's your beef with hams? And why did you already drink that glass? You are a true wino. So everybody, I want you to notice here. We just we just poured up. It was it was a small glass. I go through a whole. Bu- the thing about me and wine, <laughs> and like I gotta take breaks sometimes. Like I gotta take wine tolerance breaks. I could drink this whole bottle and not it's be faced. Like yeah. I feel like tip like how. Anybody else will feel like tipsy. That's how I feel. A lot of this um, podcast, obviously, we're going to discuss controversial topics and really try to hit on a lot of perspectives on how me and Paul feel about a lot of different things. But the other key top or the other key tone will be actually talking about the the liquor that we are drinking for the connoisseurs out there who might be interested in like the flavor and you know the suggestions and. We both not super, you know, in detail with all the hints and flavors, but yeah. we do plan on trying to get our palates, you know what I mean, established. Uh, yeah, that, I think, and then we'll start to see the evolution of that, like, as we go on. And in the hopes, I guess, 
further into it is, I know we talked about like having local entrepreneurs in and bring them in as like yeah. people we want to interview and then also getting them to taste it. Just kind of trying to evolve with the with the whole theme of it because like it's <clears throat> we just whenever we talking we talk about such a wide range of topics like it's not gonna be a niche kind of thing and that was the yeah the the main thing like we said is gonna be like the alcohol tasting but other than that it's gonna be it's gonna be a bunch of bullshit a bunch of funny shit a bunch of interesting real deep shit too at the same time because we we go into all of it it's gonna be a bunch of us arguing about (laughs) arguing about shit but then we come to a common ground at the end which is a beautiful thing that we want more people to be able to sit and do have adult conversations essentially is what me and Paul try to work on together you know as brothers and we sit down and we have controversial discussions and a lot mm-hmm. of it we come to a common ground which we may not even see eye to eye at the end but it's very, we both feel it's very important to take in other people's perspectives because thinking you're always right is a real dangerous game so, to be playing yeah. some of y'all really need to listen to that message highly <clears throat> so I guess uh this is an interesting topic that we've talked about before that we disagreed on. I don't think we're going to disagree as much now because I was the one disagreeing with you for the most part. But, like, I think a good topic to talk about right now is the your idea of how people are shaped by their environments and yeah. how, how much that environment really affects you. Actually, last night I had dinner with uh, one of my good friends at Harry and Izzy's. He's a older cat he's in the union he's actually a union official and we kind of we he said you know sadly a lot of people are going to be a product of their environment you know regardless if they like it or not and even if they don't want to see it i mean home is where the heart is no matter what so like even but but it's two determining factors like you said you like okay your environment can make you who you are or it can also reverse and make you opposite of what you should have been exactly so everything is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a two side. Cause the, I guess the way <clears throat> when we were disagreeing that first time and I, I, I was thinking more about the argument and I was kind of, I was disagreeing, but I was agreeing in a mm-hmm. roundabout way. Cause like the way I look at it, I, my example that I brought up was, <clears throat> I know a lot of people that grew up in similar environments, but, uh, you'll have. A couple of people that that go the opposite way of what you would expect, absolutely from that environment. And I guess it's like if you look at it from the point of like one of my favorite lines in a J Cole song is "High for Hours," and he's talking about the Love abuser becomes the abused or the abused becomes the abuser. Mm-hmm. And I kind of look at it like that. It's like you go through something, and you can either you got two choices: you either repeat the cycle or you become the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, like on a personal level, like like if you say in my environment, I had a fatherless environment mm-hmm. that I know some people that had that same environment that pushed them to also be the dude that wasn't there for his kids in the cycle. But for me, it made me want to be everything opposite of that. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I guess my the thing I've more been thinking about is like, what is the the percentage of people that repeat the cycle versus break the cycle. And I feel like the the percentage of people that break the cycle, this is where I came to agree with you more, the percentage of people that break the cycle is a lot lower than I would have initially thought. 
Yeah, I'm hoping that our generation actually like, you know, I think our generation is stepping up a lot compared to mm -hmm. other generations. Um, I see a lot of young men being really, really great fathers. Now, Absolutely. are there absent fathers? Absolutely. But mm -hmm. I think as a culture and a lot of us growing up, you know, not me specifically, but a lot of men without fathers growing up, I think a lot of them are starting to say, hey, man, like this ain't the way, right. you know what I'm saying? I don't know what gen the generation before us, you know, had in mind or what the culprit of the problem was because it seemed like a, a huge it was gap like a pandemic. right there. It was yeah, like it was like a, a pandemic for fathers. Yeah. Now, was the prison system a huge factor in that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We both know that. So, like, maybe now that, you know, young black men specifically are starting to be able to V-line away from the prison system more and more each day, which... Obviously, like me and you, we, we both pick up a skilled trade, which a lot of young men, you know, I'm sure we'll have a podcast talking about that to some extent sooner or later. But me and Paul both are in a skilled trade. I'm an electrician. He's an HVAC installate, you know, installer. And more people need more options like that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's hard. It is hard out here. And if you don't have any technical skills, you know, you could easily lose your job and be in a, in a pinch. And you know, that, I think that's interesting too because, like, uh, I was and this is a while ago, I was listening to uh, a lady, she made a video, and <clears throat> uh, I can't help it, but a lot of times I'm gonna tie a lot of shit back into like race for anybody that knows me, yeah, that that's expected, but I'm, I'm gonna try not to as much. But she was talking about like, as far as like how if you look now, how the college system is set up, like the degree system, like. <clears throat> you're supposed to be able to live comfortably, middle class, with a bachelor's degree, an associate's degree, upper management, stuff like that. But how is through time the if you look at the the salaries of people with these degrees is decreasing mm -hmm. like crazy. But and now she was she was speaking of it started to, to decrease with the more black and brown people that ended up getting these degrees. That's not where I'm going, but that was her point. My point, I guess, is just for anybody, no matter what color you are, as far as the skilled trade shit, it's like, I know people that <clears throat> went to school for four years to be a teacher, mm -hmm. went to school for four years to work in an office, stuff like that. They got administrative $70,000, $80,000 in debt. Art degrees. Shit like, shit like that. I don't want to say stupid shit because... It's not it's, stupid. You it's, know, yeah, yeah I don't, don't want to say... But it's like it's like... So they come out, they spent $70,000, $80,000 on a degree. They come out making $30,000 maybe. Yeah. Something like that. With a ton of student loan debt. With all of, and then it's like, on this other hand, which we both went to, I, I went to Franklin Central for a little bit, but then I went to Lawrence. But like, it's like, you have all these college fairs, but you, I rarely saw, I either saw college fairs or I saw army recruiters. I rarely Same. saw a lot yeah. of skilled trade people coming in saying, this is a viable this I don't believe I ever, you know, had a, like a actual skilled trade booth set mm -hmm. up in my high school, Franklin Central speaking of, but I don't feel like that opportunity. Now, my dad is a retired electrician, so I did know the opportunity was there for myself, you know, but if that window wasn't there for me, I don't know how, you know, how much I could have <clears> known <throat> about being a union electrician. So back that, to your point. That that's like a it's a vision that I've had like multiple times. Like I like I like a bunch of different stuff, but like I I sit through like our union meetings and I'm sure y'all have similar issues with yours. It's like the it's the amount of people 
that they have demand these jobs and shit like that is, mm-hmm. is they don't have we, they just don't have enough people. Like the amount of people in skilled trades is going down. Absolutely. And Heavily. so <clears throat> a, a kind of vision I've had is as I as I go up kind of in the ranks, a big like if you if you look at what's a great place for untapped resources as far as workers. A lot of it's like for my, for my union, a lot of people that work in my union are from like barely any of them are from Indianapolis itself. The outskirts. It's a lot of they're from the outskirts, the suburban areas, all the little towns surrounding. And I'm like, in my mind, I hear that, and I'm like, okay, if y'all want more bodies, y'all want like it's it's a huge uh, need for plumbers right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're making everybody go through our shit, and get a plumbing license. Everybody, they don't give a fuck if you. Mm-hmm. They don't give a fuck if you a welder. <laughs> they, they like they you make, gotta learn. How to every learn. if you want to pass our program, you have to get a plumbing license. So, for me, thinking about our community, black and brown people, I'm like, if you take, like, some of these recruiters that you have, and you send them to, you send them to John Marshall, you send them to Ben Davis, you send them to IPS high schools, and you give these people a viable option, and say, hey, instead of going to college, instead of going to work at some fast food place, whatever, like, join our program, you get manpower, and you get more people interested making the trade stronger. And I would feel like it's the same thing for the electricians. So it's like, you, I'm knocking down. I kind of envision myself going to these places, yeah. talking to these people, like showing to somebody that looks like them, doing what I'm talking about. And it's like, you knock down two birds with one stone. You start to, <clears throat> you start to give these people in these communities higher pay, <clears throat> benefits, a steady job, stuff like that. And then you also add to your union. Absolutely. It's a win-win for everybody. And for anybody listening that is interested in joining some type of skilled trade, um, look into the Indiana plan. They have a uh, really good network. Uh, a gentleman I, I know named Devon Doss, he runs the school there. And what it is, is you can actually go to this this facility and they will show you each skilled trade as it you know presented to you. And then I believe they let you select like, hey, I would like this one. They let you see what each one's kind of about. Mm-hmm. And then they start to give, they get you into the, you know, it's basically a pathway to get into the union because getting directly in the union sometimes can be difficult yeah. if you don't have any resources. Yeah. Um, you know, they do still care about your, your, your grades in high school and, you know, uh, if you went to college, that's a benefit. So, like, it's not a, some, like right now you guys need plumbers, so maybe the criteria could be lower, but when times is... It's hard. hard. It's really, really hard to get into a skilled trade at the same time. But, you know, anybody listening, make sure you use your your resources. And it's a great opportunity. I mean, you you go to school for five years, well, I did. And then you could get out making $100,000 a year with paid insurance, paid retirement, all that. So really, if you take all in all, you're really looking at about $130,000 salary with no student loans. Mm -hmm. And you have something, you have a backbone of a skilled trade that obviously we all need. Yeah. So like... That's just not, that's just not going away no time soon. The ever. Robots is not taking over. You cannot. Like how they, how they taking over other people's jobs, like skilled trade shit, robots is... If you're worried about that, that's the place for it. That's the... In our lifetime, for. we will never see a robot do our job. No, now, no. ever, I can't speak upon ever, that. Yeah. It's technology. It'll be a long, be a long it, time. Yeah, there's, there's not time. a robot around that could perform either of our jobs. It's just not possible. No. It takes a human being <clears throat> to be able to facilitate and 
and install these. You know what I mean? Because it's never just like a. It's not. It's not like a like a like an equation. It's, it's not. Like, it's a. There's no every, algorithm. Yeah, you could you could take like the same piece of equipment, installing it kind of in a similar place and have. Totally different obstacles that you got to go through. Yeah. To, it's and just, the way that you might install it, it would be different, different from than, how I exactly, would install it. Exactly. So, like, it's a creative <laughs> art at the same time. Yeah. I look at it in a, in a sense of when I'm running conduit, you know, for electrical wires or whatever, it's an art, man. It's a lot of um, angles and degrees and bends. And, I mean, you got to put your mind. Like, I just don't feel like a robot could really. Nah. Can, it could it, it could put it's it not into cut and dry. Exactly. It's not cut and dry, yeah. It can't be like a factory where you scan a box and stack it into an area. Exactly. Like, this is a very... Like you said, it's a skilled trade. It takes skill. Yeah, and it's... I know, like like how you said, it's people... Different people install shit different ways. <laughs> like, I'm a super... Like, I know it's people that are, like... That, like... Super in, in anal. Trade, super anal, and, like, if the level is not dead they nuts... They're not putting it <laughs> they're in. They're not... They're, they'll sit there and fuck with it all day. Me, I used to be more, like... I, I used to be, like, a super, like... Good enough for me, nigga. Mm-hmm. But like the the longer I've been in, and the more like I, I work by myself, and the more I give a fuck about the shit that I do, I'm I'm getting away from you that. You take the pride. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to take a little bit more pride, and it's weird because I never thought I would be that type of motherfucker. Facts. But like, I, and I notice myself doing it. Like I'm working with like younger. Like I'm to the point now. This is a good. <clears throat> I'm a good example. I joined. I didn't have no mechanical experience. Mm-hmm. I you couldn't point at a at a Phillips. Screwdriver. I know what it was. That I'd just be like, that's a screwdriver or whatever. I didn't know shit about shit. I'm four years in, and they have me, which I would have never expected. They have they send other apprentices like with me. They let me run my own shit. They give me other apprentices, and I'll be sitting there sometimes like, why are they sending motherfuckers out for me to teach them? Like I don't know shit, and I start working through like this new dude that I just got. <laughs> I'm working on shit. He's like, damn, like you smart. And I'm just sitting there like, I never thought I would ever hear a motherfucker <laughs> say that to me. Like, I never thought. But then it's just like, like, and I was, so this weekend too, or this past week, I was, I helped Mark fix his grandma's washer. Mm-hmm. I'm helping Navjot, friends, I'm naming friends of mine, Navjot installing a new water heater. And it was funny because Mark was just sitting there. He's like, he's like, damn, he's like, how do you know how to work on all this shit? And I stopped and I thought, I was like, oh, no. I was like, I, I, was like, I didn't used to know how to do none of this shit. But, like, now just the, just going through it, it's intimidating. It but, is. And I, I'm sure you went through like, you know. Yeah, I didn't have mechanical experience either when at I started. All. And it's just like, like, up front, it looks intimidating. but <clears throat> They say really, it takes 10,000 hours to master any craft or yeah. skill. I mean, so, like, when you are around something X amount of time, you eventually will, you know, some just, people better than others, it, yeah. but... The mechanical aptitude is, is crazy because the stuff that you used to look at, you have no clue how to put together. Now mm-hmm. you can look at something and just like, it's a whole I used to thing. not know how to change a tire. I could go down there to my car right now and give me a couple of days. I could take everything out that motherfucker and put it right back in. Because you understand bolts, nuts, you, sizes. It's all mechanical. And I feel like uh, for everybody out there, man, like... If you are at a desk job or whatever, you know, maybe try, don't be intimidated by doing home projects yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's very, I feel like a lot of people are getting away from that. You know, I think back in the day, a lot of men would have a lot of skills and, you know, you might have worked at on a computer all day, but you could still build a shed and this and that. Like, we can't stray away from learning how to do things with our hands as men. Some of you grown ass women. Some of you grown ass niggas don't know how to change a tire and I'm upset. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm dead ass. We know that's true, though. A lot of grown-ass, like, it's 
if you if a nigga tire went flat on the road, it's a lot of motherfuckers that would standing not there looking at it, looking at it like like they stupid. They don't even know where the jack is at in their car, and, or they don't even know they got one. <laughs> Be like, aware of that. Matter of fact, everybody out there, like know where your jack's at in your vehicle. Make sure it works properly every now and again, because you could really get high and dry. You know, you never know. It's it's crazy how much dip like. Just like generationally, our generation is so much different than it was that came before us. Because everything's going to it's technology. Easy. Everything is easy. easy. You can call somebody for almost everything. Deliver your food, change your tire. Thanks. But at what point do you have to learn that? All right, I need to still be self efficient because one day, what if these these resources aren't there for you? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like a, a big topic that I want to hit on on another podcast is. What if the internet were to shut down? Like, how many people just go into a frantic and, <laughs> you know, the world right now, especially America in itself, you know, here recently, it's crazy. I've been watching uh, videos of this dude who travels to different um, places on YouTube. And, like, yesterday I'm watching one where a dude went to Nigeria, and he's in the guts of, like, the slums. No. And they literally shit in the river where they swim, conduct business. They water get everything and i'm thinking man we can't even over here if we lose internet people lose their name oh yeah it's over we was talking about that we getting out of touch bro like so i try to i can't physically just go to nigeria i could but like it's not but for me i still want to be tapped into like being very humble about my my scenario yeah and knowing what to like if if our power grid shut down i would this is a generous estimation, but like sixty percent of you niggas is dead in a couple of weeks, bro. <laughs> like I'm, I'm easily like like sadly just, though, sadly it's it's fucked up, and because you don't you don't think about how comfortable we have it here. Like we have it so, so good. good, so so, and good. people and I and even me, like I I kind of got away from the whole like I said before. I'm into the whole black power. I'm sure this is gonna make a bunch of people mad if anybody watches this, but like I'm into the whole black empowerment thing because like I grew up on all that shit, but like. We, even though it sucks, kind of, for black people here, like, as far as the United States, we have it dumb easy. Like, if I... That is fact. For the motherfuckers that, like, we're complaining about pronouns and shit like that, and this motherfuckers, go to Yemen. <laughs> them, yeah, they the not on YouTube went there, You bro. can call what, you call them niggas, what, a he, she, they, whatever the fuck you want to. You got some bread, <laughs> like, that's... Facts. If they, that's it's tough. And the further you get away from real human issues and problems, you start to get comfortable. Like, the human mind creates its own problems. You're absolutely right. Absolutely. We have to. Like, that's that's how we... The human mind wants conflict. It, it ha- that's how it operates. That's how, like, we can't get away from that. We That's how we navigate the world. Here in America... We don't got a lot of problems. We're creating our own conflict. Our, our, this is how like I was, this is how crazy this is. Uh, one of our biggest issues is obesity. Think about that. It's so many places in the world throughout human history, through most of human history, to where it's starvation is the problem. We too fat <laughs> like that. Yeah. Our our biggest issue right now is that we're we have too much food. We're too fat. That's crazy to me. Like, that's, that's how easy we have it to where, like, we have, and I, I'm not trying to say that that's not an issue or whatever, because too much of anything and too little of anything is still a problem, but it's like, we're not worrying about, we don't have to worry about civil war like that, we don't have to worry about, we have to worry about true terrorism, hunger, true, like, real, real, terrorism. real actual terrorism, like, none of, like, so we, we sit in our cribs all day, you got these motherfuckers on Twitter all the time, sitting there in their house, air conditioned. All the food they ever need, 
don't have a problem in the world, so they got to create something. And a lot of people in that same situation are the ones saying, I'm depressed and I have anxiety, That's which the, I'm not taking anything away from that, but it's like... That's part it's, of it. It's because your mind is... Bored. More or less bored and creating its own conflict because mm -hmm. if you were out here trying to find food for you yourself and your family, you don't have time to be Bored. depressed or be anxious. Your mind is simply that's why I tell people with anxiety and depression, you know, I've dealt with anxiety myself for everybody out there, but you know, a big part of it was I was allowing myself to take time out of my day to think about things I didn't need to think about. So I had to start applying my time in different, you know. Maybe instead of sitting on the couch worrying about life, like, let's get up and exercise or, like, let's find different outlets to let my mind be tired, essentially, because mm -hmm. if your mind is awake, <clears throat> it's going to do something. Yeah. And most of the time, it's create conflict. It don't shut off. That <laughs> motherfucker, the one thing that motherfucker's not going to do is... It don't turn off. shut off. Like, people, like, I always hear, like, and I guess this is a more philosophical point, like, people talk about, like, damn, I can't wait. Bastard. I can't wait till I don't have problems. It's like, well, you always gonna have problems. Like, you will. Your problems are gonna change as you go through life. Like your life is, you never, ever, ever, ever in your life gonna always be happy. Not gonna happen. Not your gonna problems happen. are gonna end up less than what they were at your worst point. But like in your mind, if you don't actively think about that, it's still gonna seem like a terrible thing that's happening to you. Like it's somewhat like. A bad day for me is, I don't know, like, I I had a shitty day at work, yeah. and I'm tired. I've been at work all day. I come home. I, I did bad on a test at class, something like that. But you didn't have a rocket launcher shot at you. I didn't. Nobody, <laughs> niggas wasn't shooting at me. <laughs> like, like, there's somebody I, out there right now that's, they ain't had a meal in two weeks that had a rocket launcher shot at them. And they, their kids is dead, their moms, they're like, and, and it's. Sadly. And it's, but the, the one of the best things I've ever heard is the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So no matter what that is, the human mind looks at it yeah. as this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And there's a lot of people here in America, unfortunately, that are like, the worst thing that's ever happened to me is he didn't call me a she. <laughs> like, like shit like, and I, 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 I not to take anything away from nah, from y'all, but, but it's like let's I, be serious. I'll I, I be sitting there like I, I'm I'm down with people's plights or whatever, but I'll be sitting there thinking because like I said, I'm super well versed in the history of black people in America. I can never shit on nobody's plight in America, but at the same time, I'm like, don't you sit down and think? If the worst thing that has happened to you today was somebody called me called you a, a he instead of a she or something, you had a good day. Absolutely. It was a year when motherfuckers thought I was a dyke for like two, for, for two months. They thought you were like many friends. They kept, I, I went to, every time I go somewhere, they'd be like, thank you, ma'am. Oh, this no. one time I went to Steak and Shake, it was me and Landon. And, it, and it, I was shitty because it happened. It was when I had like my bigger hoops. I was shitty because this is like the this is like the fourth time it happened in that week. I was getting my food. She was like, so here you go, ma'am or sir. And I was like, <laughs> I just looked at it and I was like. And then she was like, she's like, you got to. This is the way she's like, you got a beautiful son or daughter. And I was like, give me my uh, phone, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, give me my like, give my, like, give my fucking Frisco mate. Yeah. Like that's, but then Come at the end on, of the day, it's man. like, that's not a huge, like it's funny because it's not a big issue. Like, especially that's why I, I always stress history. If you know history, mm -hmm. it's like, we got it mad easy. I like to tap into just a person knowing themselves. You know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I, 
a big thing that I think a lot of people, myself included, is to allow other people to dictate your day. Mm-hmm. So we all need to learn to be very, you know, try to be very comfortable in our own skin. Like, you know, Paul just told the situation that it's hilarious. We can sit here and laugh about it. But a lot of people could have took that to heart and became very, very offended by that and really allowed that to to put a pivot point in their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why, man? Like, sometimes, man, things is funny. Like, let's... Th- like, we... Not to say that America is getting soft, but like we, we are. are getting we're getting soft. <laughs> we like, are. We sometimes you are. gotta take shit on the chin, and that's what life's about, man. Yeah. Laugh it off instead of take it to heart, because at the end of the day, that's gonna make you truly stronger. Yeah. Life comes with adversity; it right. just does, right. and, and we have to learn to accept that as people. And I think America, with the little bit of problems we have, people have learned to take adversity to heart. It's like. Not everybody's gonna treat you perfect on a daily basis. Like sometimes you gotta bob and weave, and it's just a part of what life is about. I don't. People, I, th- I think people just want people want life to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's, they've had it so easy, and then they get entitled, and they're like, "Entitled." I want easier. Entitled, life. bro. We are all so small in this earth. Thank you. We are very little, and then if you take the earth as its as itself, it's small. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of everything else. And people want to be these big egoed and, you know, everything's about you. And it's <clears> like, <throat> man, really, we don't amount to anything. Yeah. We truly every, don't. Every time a motherfucker from work called me and be like, you wait, I'm like, we're on a giant rock spinning thousands of miles per hour around a fireball. Suck my dick. <laughs> like, I don't care if I'm late for work. Yeah. Like, like you'll be fine. It's okay. I'm it's on never, the way. But, but everybody don't feel like, I, I really like... Like, <clears throat> I was talking to this chick about this a couple of days ago. It's like, if you, like, I don't get upset when I'm late anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because I think about it like, for all I know, the, the, all it, life is a game of, people say life is a game of, like, of days and months and shit like that. Life seconds. is a game of minutes and, and seconds. Seconds. If I leave my house 30 seconds earlier, some horrible car accident. I get robbed. I get shot. 30 seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. And that's generous. It's really less than that. Like You if, can't find one of your socks could have saved your life. Every And I think about that whenever I get irritated. I'm like, I'm late here. People mad at me. I'm late coming somewhere. I'm like, every every second of my life, I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Absolutely. Because this is how it's written. This is how it's supposed to happen. If I would have adjusted forward or backwards any more than I did, some... Terrible could have happened. Yeah, you wouldn't be on pace to be right where you at. Every, like, literally, you can, like, the butterfly effect. You could change one small one thing. small thing in somebody's life, and your life could go. I think about choices that I made, like, a, it's this or that. Changed the course of my life completely. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine where I would have been if I would have made different choices. But it's like, you're... I I feel I have a sense of this is what I what I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I might not like it. I might be upset in the moment. I might be feeling some type of way. But like, this is what it's supposed to be. And <clears throat> I feel like if more people took that approach to life, like you just, it just brings a sense of calm and Absolutely. takes the anxiety away. It's, it's like you it's just okay. accepting things for what they are. Because I would say ninety nine percent of things are out of your control. Mm. 
if yeah. I can nail it on the head, man, like, every, really, we don't have to, I think anxiety, and I don't want to speak for everybody, but to me personally, a lot of anxiety springs from people trying to control things they cannot control. Yeah. So I, when I speak to people, and this is myself included, when I used to feel like I had anxiety, it was because I was trying to control things that were out of, really, I have no control of. And now this is making me anxious. When you learn to just live and let go of stuff, just let it be, man. And like, if you healthy and you have, like, just remain happy, just remain like appreciative at all costs, yeah. at all costs, man. Like not every day is going to be a blessing. Every day is a blessing. I take that back. I mean, if you above ground, man, and like you breathing and your family's well, it's a blessing. <laughs> like, but there's, there's going to be controversy every so often. And it's all about how you delegate your problems. Some some people make the smallest problems the biggest problems. I try to say, okay, I'm only going to really panic if I have really, really big problems. Right. And the more I practice that, when them big problems arise, maybe I won't panic. Because I'm practicing to relax because mm -hmm. it's out of my control. All I can do is ride this wave of life. Yeah. It's a wave, man. You just own it. You can't control you can't, it. That, and that's like that and that's why I think like for I guess there's a there's another point we can go into. Like me and Austin have we haven't known each other for super long. Like we've been like we've Truly. been friends for like three years. Three, yeah. Yeah, three ish years. But it's just like we for me, I can speak for me especially, like I started getting super cool with you at a point in my life to where, like, I was going away from a lot of the bullshit yeah. that I was doing. Like, I was, I it's almost like I can I can pinpoint the exact moment in my life to where I just, like, did a, a Fatherhood to do it, man. I don't know if it, that and was, it was it. it was super, it was right, it was, it was very soon after that. It was like, mm -hmm. I started to, I had, like, a, a mind shift. A paradigm shift. And it was just like, like and, and I, 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 I can point it to a moment. I never forget, I woke up. And I had been studying, reading a lot of different shit. Like I, mm. you know, I read a bunch of weird, yeah, like, yeah. a bunch of weird historical. He shit. woke for everybody out there. And I, and mm -hmm. I, I, I never forget. I had read this book called the um, <clears throat> the Secret History of the World by Mark Booth. Great book. And it was talking about, and it was one specific part of it. It's, it, it's like a some people call it like a conspiracy theory book, but it goes into shit like secret societies, like the Illuminati. It goes into history of the the, the mystic arts and places like Kemet, Egypt, mm -hmm. like it, it goes into all of that stuff. <clears throat> and it's supposed to be like an unwritten history. Well, there's a there's a, a history of a certain being in the Middle East called the Green One. <clears throat> and it's like it's in Islam, it's in Sufism. Sufism, by the way, super interesting religion. Check it out. I love Sufism. But it's so all through the Middle East there's a <clears throat> there's a history of this thing called the green one. It's like a spirit. Yeah. It's a jinn. And jinn are, you ever heard of like genie? That's jinn and spirit. bottle. Yeah. Demon, spirit, like same thing. So there's the history of the green one. <clears throat> and I'll never forget, I was, I was super, super engulfed in this book. I woke up one day after having like probably the most vivid dream I ever had in my life. And it was of the green one. Mm -hmm. It was so weird. Like I woke up in a in a cold sweat, bro. Like like, at the, my my son's mom at the time we were still together. <clears throat> she probably remembered. Like I woke up like bugging, mm -hmm. and it felt so real. Like it felt as real as me and you sitting here talking. It was like <clears throat> the spirit had like touched me, 
and was talking to me, laying on my shoulder. He's like, you going the right way. And it, for some reason, that set with me so heavy. Like, I can st- I'm getting, like, emotional talking. Like, it set with me so heavy. I, for days, weeks, I was just thinking about that. That and dream was that it, vivid. Like, that, it, it changed the fuck out of my Like, I can, it changed the fuck out of my life. Like, I'm talking about how, how I started approaching work, how I started approaching. Like, that was the pivot point in my life. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> oddly enough, it it started causing strains in, like, some of my relationships. Like, my relationship and me and my son's mom were cool. Like, it started causing, it, shit, shit, it started causing a strain in me and her relationship Caused the strain in a lot of my friendships. It was just called because I was going, I got so focused and so interested in a path that I started going towards. Like I couldn't pull myself from it. And people started not going the same direction as me. And then <clears throat> around that same time, I would talk to you about a lot of shit. And it's like we just kind of we we clicked. Yeah. Like we it was just <clears throat> like, okay, here's an older figure that that understands kind of like where I'm going. Like I stopped wanting to indulge the bullshit. I stopped wanting to <clears throat> go out and get drunk and like do all this. Like I started, I started meditating. You and Tyler Jenkins, shout out to my boy Tyler. Yeah, shout big out Tyler. That. Like I started actively meditating, started reading different shit, started paying attention to my finances, paying attention to my credit, paying attention to all types of shit. And it, it was like, <clears throat> it, it was weird because like one night kind of changed the trajectory of my life and like kind of made me like kind of made, made me more close to you like honestly like me we, we we talk every day like I even though we not <clears throat> even though we haven't been friends like the longest that I've been with some of my other friends like I'm big on that it's like I have to know you the longest to be the coolest with you yeah me and you like the shit that you was just talking about is like me and you think on similar wavelengths. We agree we agree and disagree on shit, but like we We can accept it. We we accept it and we kinda have like the same we ca- I feel like we have like a similar idea yeah, of I, where shit's supposed to go. We just think a little bit different. And I, I pretty like <clears throat> that's why I wanted to do this with you because it's like you're a friend that we've argued about stupid shit like yeah. and we say all types of shit to each other and like but it's it's never it's never it's animosity. always genuine, yeah. all in fun. Honestly, always. I've never had a bad bone in my body ever with with Paul Jimenez. You know, Jimenez, if you say it the right ever. way. My man is just he's younger than me, and he's put me on so much game. And I'm just um, speaking for myself. I'm one of the type of people who I I really try to put myself around people that I can learn from, <clears throat> because I think you get one shot at life. And if you spend it doing the same things over and over and over, it's nothing to say it's bad. But to me, like you to expand and grow, you've got to get out. For one, you got to get out your comfort zone. Like right now, I'm sitting here doing a podcast, something I've wanted to do for years, but I've never stepped up and done it. So like to me right now, I'm being courageous. Like I'm doing something I feel like uh, has been out of my comfort zone for a really long time. And with you though, like the comfort's there. Like it's, I'm we cool. Talk, I'm cool. Like the more we get into we drinking and and this and people it's a like, beautiful thing. I think about little shit all the time, and you know, like I think, like I, I, I think about every second that goes on. And you just saying that you talking about just like saying courageous. I shit you not. Right around the corner on them stairs. Like what time is it? Six. Mm-hmm. Like four hours ago, I had a, I had this conversation with Landon. Mm-hmm. He was talking about he was scared mm-hmm. of, of some stupid shit. He was talking about he was scared of some bullshit. 
But I, I stopped him. I was like, look, <clears throat> I was like, everybody's scared of something. I was like, everybody. I was like, courage is not not being scared. It's doing it even though you're scared. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's why it's so important and like why, to me, that ties back into like what I, everything I was saying about like why me and you were so cool. It's just like we think, I had to, I had this convert, this exact conversation with my son. My son is four. I'm like, look, you're going to be scared of, of a whole lot of shit. A lot. In your life. Tons. But, and I, told, I told him, I was like, I'm scared of a bunch of shit. I was like, but I search out the shit that I'm scared of and I, I try to face it head on. I try to, yeah. Like, cause, cause for me, like facing my fears is one of the most exhilarating experiences. Period. Yeah. It's just like you just, cause you conquer yourself. When you walk away from it, man, you feel like you, you a new man. You feel every, like a new person. Every time. Every time. And it's, and I can always tell people, I can look at people and have conversations with people that have never faced one of their fears. They don't want to do no adversity. At all. Nothing. Ever. Comfort only. And they and people ask me why I'm doing certain shit. They be like, "Why are you doing it? Like, why are you running at five o'clock in the morning with terrible. the backpack on? Because it's horrible. But mentally, this man is callousing his mind. Yeah. And yeah. when something, David Goggins, when that day comes, yeah. David, shout out to David Goggins. Me and Paul both huge, huge fans of you. If you if you would have ever listened to our podcast, huge fans. We are both. I've read your the books. Beautiful man. Yeah, me too. David Goggins has made me understand that like. Your mind is also like your hands. It can be calloused. Mm-hmm. Callous your mind. Get hard. Get tough. I mean, don't every don't always do shit that's easy. Yeah. Doing the always easy shit, you'll never grow and get out of your box. Mm-hmm. And when you boxed in, man, you just you gonna stay stagnant. You gonna be afraid. You gotta just venture out, man, and take shit head on. You know, like me, my my wife wants me to jump out of an airplane. Mm-hmm. Where well, her? That's <laughs> And it's something I'm not a huge fan of doing. <laughs> like, I'm not really a big fan of heist, but I've been hyping myself. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm you know, I'm going to do it. For one, for, for my wife, you know, to, to give her that experience with her, t- you know, me and her. But I'm like, it's something I'm afraid of. So I'm going to do it because mm-hmm. I know when I land, if I do, if I don't, <laughs> hey, y'all know, y'all know why the fuck I didn't want to do it. But if I do, man, can you imagine how much I'm going to feel cr- that cr- Courageous, just yeah. courage. Like yeah. I, I made myself do that. Do some shit that you're terrified. Just of. terrified. Who I the gotta, fuck? Who the fuck thought of jumping out of a plane in the first place? I, I love heights. <laughs> Me, like I, I would love to. Like, well, you go with Emily, then. I love. I, like I, I'll jump out of a fucking plane. I love roller coasters. I love heights. I do some shit but where I can sit down and buckle in. That was that was my first fear that I conquered as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like my I, the first fear I remember, my cousin made me. Jump I, off the top bunk? No, we was at Cedar Point, and it was one of them. It was the little fucking them swinging things, bro. And I was terrified of roller coasters. My older cousin Chip, shout out to my cousin Chip. He was like, <laughs> we we got all buckled in. I, I had built up the courage to like get on the ride because I hadn't rode shit all day. And then I, I got in there. And I, I I never forget the I was bugging. I was like I, I was like nine, like maybe tripping. I, I looked at the, the fucking dude that like pushed the button to make. I said, "Let me out." I said, "I said, open no, the I'm gate." Cool. That's exactly. I was like, "I'm cool." And then my cousin, my cousin, funny, but he he put his hand on my chest. He's like, "He not going nowhere." He's like, "He's like, start the ride." I was like, "Nigga, get off of me, bro." I was like, "Let me out." And he's like, "Nah." He's like, he's, he's, good. "He's like, you gonna do this shit?" And I'm like, "Bro, let me." I was I was crying, bro. I was ter- yeah, terrified, bro. And then I did it. And after I was I was crying during the whole thing. And I, after I got, I never forget that feeling. When we got done, I was like. 
I almost I'm still alive. I was like, I just did some shit. I was terrified of, but it took a yeah. an older male figure in my life to be like, look, you gonna be you scared, right. but I, I be telling Landon that shit all the time. Like, I know you're scared. I don't give a fuck. Like, you yeah. about to do this shit. Yeah. Like, you about, I want you to see <clears throat> the other side of this. Like, you you're terrified. You don't know what the other side of this looks like. You gonna do it anyway, and you gonna be fine. And then he he put that he put that seed in my mind. And after he put that in my mind, I never forgot it. I was like. I felt like yeah. this before. I'm super big on psychedelics. The yeah. first time I did psychedelics, I was mortified, but I was terrified because I had that's another story for another time. I had previous uh, terrible experiences with drugs, <laughs> horrible experiences. But like, I was terrified of psychedelics, and like, I did them. I got on the other side. One of the best things that's ever happened to me. And I feel like that's a common theme with like shit that you're scared of. You know, right now, like I'm on the. I'm still so I've done some psychedelics, shrooms to be specific, and it's been a it's been a good amount of years. But the last time I did them, I had a pretty wild ride, and <laughs> I've been a, a bit afraid to dive back into that realm of uh, possibilities. But it is growing. Have you done on them me. shrooms that I gave you yet? No, I have not, <laughs> and it's sad to say I still uh, I still have them, uh, and I hope they still. I gave work. you the motherfuckers like. Yeah, Three months ago, bro. It's been a grip. I'm a, I can be a bit of a panicker at times. So, like, if I'm not in a comfortable setting, I could uh, let That's myself important. bug out. But um, back to your, back to you talking to Landon about, like, being courageous. So, an example with my daughter, Milani. We were at a Great Times. Mm-hmm. She climbs up the jungle gym. Finally, I got her to get the courage to climb up. She gets in the jungle gym. I'm like, okay, baby, come down the slide. Mm. She at the top of the slide, not going to have it. Crying. Obviously, she can't climb back down because this damn obstacle <clears throat> course is a motherfucker. Yep. I'm standing there like, come on. Like, please don't make me climb up in here. <laughs> you know, you yeah, got that parrot yeah. vibe. You're yeah, like, you, like, you, you really going to make me take like, my shoes on, off? Like, come on. Yeah, please, baby. Just slide once. You ain't got to do it no more. <laughs> Moral of this story is I had to take my shoes off, up climb there. up in them. Up. But when I tell you, I wasn't finna take my baby down the easy way. Nah. You know how she came down? On that damn slide. Yep. I made and she didn't <laughs> want to. And I hated doing it. But I wanted to prove to her after she went down the slide, she was like, oh, I would have been okay this whole time. By myself. By myself. But I'm like, listen, baby, like sometimes I get it. We all fearful of something. But just sometimes take that leap of faith. Yeah. Get out your comfort zone. And that helped you, at least for me, that helped you grow as a parent too. It did, man. I'm super super protective Mm -hmm. of my kid. And I know you are too. And this is like a... It's like sometimes, like you, you want to make shit as easy as you can for him, but then sometimes you just like, I like you, said, you felt thug bad. it out. You know what I mean? You felt bad. Like sometimes I be feeling bad for certain shit yeah. I make Landon do, but I'm like, he needs it. Like it's then, good for and him. Then, and then if I don't like, if I don't get past this block of me getting you to do shit on your own, that's gonna negatively affect my kid. Like I, you can yeah. be overprotective as fuck. We've all seen people yeah, over too, like, over, <clears throat> too protective. And like sometimes, like I have money, I'm like, you got it, bro. I'm like, go ahead, do it by yourself. I'm like, come yeah. on, bro. Like I don't want you to get hurt, but like, it, I, I gotta be hands off because like, <clears throat> that's how he gonna build his confidence. confidence that's how he gonna be is key, man. He gonna, he gonna, he gonna, and and like I'm. That's another part. Like when you pay attention to like what you're doing in the world, like I'm trying to focus on being. I don't want to be 
overprotective, but I don't want to be like the the aloof. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, parent. it's a so fine it's, it's line. A, it's a balance. So I'm like, look, bro, you gotta do this on your own. Like, yeah. This, even though on the inside, like I try to sound calm on the outside, I sound like a like a father, <laughs> but like on the inside, I'm like, I don't know if you can do it. <laughs> like, oh, you might get fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> but it's okay. But like that. But then him. Uh, I've started it's funny because like I've started to see and I'm sure you started because they around the same age like you start to see like the times they, they learn it's like they mm-hmm. like okay like the shit that they used to be scared of the shit they couldn't do like they start they start doing, they start it. doing it when you make them do it and it's just yeah, like yeah they learn and grow it's it's all about growth like <clears throat> like being a parent is one of the biggest growth things Absolutely. as a human for me because I, I pay attention to that Damn, I wasn't as patient as I should have been. Damn, I could have handled this. In and luckily, you're a great father and you realize those focal points because yeah. a lot of people, man, sadly, there's a lot of y'all that shouldn't be parents. But not <laughs> shouldn't be, but y'all just, y'all no, not trying. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> was right. Yeah, he said, shouldn't be. Should not Some be of y'all motherfuckers shouldn't have kids. <laughs> like, y'all, y'all don't have the patience. Y'all don't want the patience. It's, it's, it's a sad situation for yeah. some of y'all, but like, being a parent is it's one of the most grow it's it's the biggest growth I've ever felt personally. Yeah. I mean, it's made me look at life in a whole different direction as it should, but you know, like you going back, man, like sometimes you got to have I, I want my child's confidence to be through the roof. Through the roof. Yeah. So she feels like, you know, I can take on the world because yeah. if she has any lack of doubt who knows what, you know, that's when I feel like when when children are missing confidence, that's when they find vices mm-hmm. that are really, really bad for them. They're trying to find some type of stepping stone of, con- you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's when kids find the bad, you know, the, the, the misfits. Yep. They want to fit in with somebody because they don't feel no confidence, you yeah. know. And <laughs> Me, <laughs> this fucking guy. Hey, speaking from experience, I mean, man, we all uh, we can all learn from other people's mistakes. To be quite honest, and that's one of my biggest theories is, man, it don't always have to be you who fucks up. Sometimes you can look at another motherfucker who fucked up and say, "I'm not finna do that." A smart man learns from his mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Bust them, the that's boy. I perfect. mean, that that's it's all you can say. Simplify. It's beautiful, and it's just like <clears throat> that. That's it, a fact, though. And and as far as like children and shit goes, like I I I gotta let him. I got I, I can't I can tell him whatever I want, mm-hmm. but I have to. He's he's gonna have to. We had once again we had this conversation today about some stupid shit. It wouldn't be he's been he's been being Lando. Yeah, <laughs> My then, but I'm just like look, bro. Like and I, I I would be that annoying dad that like makes deep philosophical lessons out of like small shit. But I was like, look, bro. You gonna have to. I can't do it for you. Like you gotta figure it out. I love you to death. I want to help you as much as I can. But <clears throat> it's gonna be times when I'm not there. I can't give you the shit that you need. You have to do it on your own at four. And that's a point to all you parents out there who want to do everything for your kids. Like I'm not trying to say like it. There's just a certain <clears throat> time and place, man, where you cannot always baby your children. Because these children eventually grow up, then they think the world is going to give them everything that you gave them. And when they find out that's not how the world works, they become mentally incapable. Mm-hmm. And that's when you start to see them loading up. I don't even want to go into that category, but it happens, man, because their minds are not ready for the real world. 
So allow your children to go through some adversity every now and again. You don't always have to coddle your children and protect them. And I mean, be a be be a guardian, but like also allow them make, to make mistakes right in front of you. It's gonna happen in life, and then you help them through it. Help them through their frustrations. Help them, you know, comfort them after they make the mistake. But like, you can't always protect them from everything. Yeah. I feel like that's the worst thing you can do. Like, it is. I work with a guy who's. His wife is like, I'm going to I'm gonna homeschool my kid, and he, he can only go outside for 15 minutes a day, and he's, the mother is so protective, and I asked the guy I'm working with, I'm like, man, like, how do you feel about it? Obviously, he's like, well, she has a degree in teaching, so she knows what's best. I'm like, hey, right. man, grow a pair and nice. tell your wife to let your son go get dirty outside, nice. dog. Let him get because his ass whooped. little buddy is going to end up being a lunatic. Yeah, I hate to break it to you. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy to tell <laughs> you, but if it takes me to tell you, my boy, if you listening, <laughs> if you do listen, I'm telling you again. Yeah. Be that guy. Them, them be the ones. Them be the ones. I'm sorry, man. It just it is. They be the school shooters. Yeah, like... Because the first time he faced any adversity, he has no clue how to take how to it. Deal with it. You know, somebody smack him in the back of the head with a, a glue stick and Buddy just yeah. loses bananas because he ain't never dealt with nothing out of character. Yeah. Or his mama's not there to say, it's okay. Like, do, yeah. He, he, they, the homeschooling thing, man, that's another topic that's interesting. It, I think it, I can't. I think it hinders. Socially, it hinders. Socially, it's yeah. You have to have so yeah. I think social skills are way more important than just like knowing yeah. stuff out of a yeah. book. Memory. Yeah. You can you gotta be able to delegate with other individuals. Emotional intelligence and shit. You gotta emotional you gotta intelligence. With, you gotta deal with people. Like like Landon, he he which I don't I don't know what his mom told him or what his daycare teacher. He came home one day talking about some Oh, this kid punched me. I was like So nigga? I was like what Did you hit him? I was like, what'd you do? <laughs> that's my that's always mine. He's just like Nothing. I said. Okay. I said, "What you gonna do next time he hit you?" He sat there for a second. He's like, "I don't know." I was like, "If a nigga hit me, I hit him back." I was like, "I don't know what you gonna <laughs> Just, do, bro." But like, it's on you. I'm like, "Hey." I was like, "I, I, I told him." I, and it's funny how how young they understand stuff. I was like, "The people that hit me," I told him simple. I was like, "People that have hit me before." I said, "When I hit them back, they don't they hit me no more." Yeah. And he sat there. He's like, and I I saw him thinking about it. And then a couple of days later. His daycare teacher. He's like, he's like, you can't have Landon hit people at school. I'm like, did they get it first? I'm like, yeah, because you could, because she, she, there's a lot of people to be like, even if somebody hits you, don't hit him. But I'm not. Nah, I we're not him, doing that. He, he, he was talking about he was gonna get in trouble at school. I said, you let okay. me. I was like, you let me handle that. I was like, yeah. you, if somebody hits you, hit them back. If you didn't start it, and it's, but it, it's important. That's why bring it full circle. Being a father, being there, because I didn't have, I I had, I take that back. I had a father figure in my grandpa, older generation, but like when you have a father figure there to tell you stuff like that instead of, and I'm not shitting on single mothers at all, mm -hmm. but like women handle shit in different ways than men should handle stuff. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of niggas mm -hmm. out here that act like women, <laughs> like they handle stuff like women. Yeah. And, and it's, it sucks to say, but I, I can see a nigga that was raised by a woman and had no tort, no sort of male influence in his life. And it's rough because it's like, sometimes as a man, I don't give a fuck all the toxic masculinity. I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. But like, men handle stuff in certain ways. It's like, you, you have 
you gotta have cooth about how uh, yeah, how you go about I stuff. Agree. Like you just it you can't just you can't just deal with every situation emotionally. Like everything doesn't deserve a reaction. Every at all, and that's what. One of the biggest lessons you can learn. That's an important, that's an important lesson. Not everything deserves a re- and, and not to say that women are always on that wave, but we all know women are a lot more emotionally reactive and they take a lot of things to heart, which it's just, you know, it's genetics. It is what it is. But for a young boy to always be seeing that and not see the, the opposite of like, you know, the kitchen's on fire and the mom's yelling and the smoke detector's going off and you got the dad talking about what's going on. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like, like yeah, like, he's, yeah. He's but you, you, can visit, you can see that and be yeah. like, oh, well, why? Dad's not tripping because mm-hmm. not everything is really like that big of a deal. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Nah. Like, it takes that and that's what settles you in as a person with, like, we go back to confidence. Mm-hmm. Not, it's just a build, these are all building blocks for, People, men, women, yeah. all of us. And you have a, you got a male figure in your life. You got a, you kind of got a jump start on that. Like I'm. Shout out to Big Mike. I'm fat. Big, that's gonna be a guest. That's gonna be a. That's gonna be a, a fucking. My dad one. will be a guest on this Dude. podcast at at some point soon. And you get a, you get a, you get a jump start on that. And it's just like, you like I, I can just tell. Like I tell my son shit to where like, I'm like, damn. I didn't hear nobody tell me that until I was twenty four. <laughs> like I didn't you hear. Cut it. I didn't hear nobody you, tell me that shit. I was you cut it fuck. into an eighth, bro. Literally, yeah. Like you, just, you gave him some information, and that <clears throat> I told a dude to work the other day. I said, man, if I could teach my children everything I learned at twenty when they ten, I've done what? my I've done my job because the stuff I had to learn later in life, they already got that in the bag. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that they learn in that twenty, they do that with their children. That's how you build a strong core of generations. Like, yep. that's real generate generational wealth has nothing to do Facts. with money, in my personal opinion. Facts. I mean, money we all know helps. That boy, that boy preaching right now. Facts. Keep going. He preaching. Facts. Generational wealth is about information. How much information can you pass down through your roots? And ten generations from me, man. Hopefully, the stuff I learned at twenty. You know, all the kids in my family is learning at five. Like investing for one thing. <clears throat> I taught myself majority of the investing that I know in my mid-20s. <clears throat> my daughter, I already try to show her at three years old, hey baby, you like Disney characters and this and that. Like I'm trying to show her like you can own a part of that. And I wish somebody could have told me that at a young age. But like by the time my daughter's 10 years old, when she's getting money from birthday parties and Christmas and this and that, I want her to understand that baby, your money can make you money. Don't don't think it can't because I didn't understand that you know first chance I got with some money I was ready to spend it. Yeah. I didn't know that money could also make me a make me a return. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, what, but that is the that's the the knowledge was the key to all this. Like, right. I don't have to be rich with actual paper money. I could be rich with my knowledge. Your knowledge, and your knowledge is truly what makes you rich. And then you give it to your to your your descendants that down the line. Some of them listen, some of them, some don't. Of them don't. And you, my sister. <laughs> we, nah, I love you, baby. We like <laughs> even like I pay, and which I pay attention to that, to that with my family. Like I, I look at certain stuff. Like I, I but you, you got to be able to. The big part is you got to be able to think for yourself. Like you have to be able to sit there and be like, "Hey, look, like this person gave me game. I gotta." Filter through what they gave me and 
decide what I'm going to use and what I'm not going to use. Like, I'm, I'm my, my father figure is my grandfather. I decided it's, it's a lot of stuff that he that he gave me that I can use going forward, but it's a lot of stuff that I use my mind and I think about. I'm like, okay, he only had that information at that time, so he was lacking in this area, and it's okay. It's not, yeah. I'm not shitting on nobody at all. Like, we're human. Like, it's like, he didn't know this about this, and he's a, he, he, he went forward with what he had. But that don't mean that I have to take his exact template and still be deficient in those areas and not go any further. Like, I, that, would, that would be stupid to me. It's like, okay, I'll take the good with what he gave me. I look at the bad, throw the bad out. <clears throat> but some people don't do that. My, I, I know a lot of people, <clears throat> and I'm not going to name no names because I'm not going to shit on my We're family. not name dropping. <clears throat> but, like, it's a lot of people that I know personally, like, from that same experience that, like, just took my grandfather because he was a super strong... He's a he was a strong. That generation was built way different, bro. But he he was he was just a strong personality. Like even in that he? generation, he's just like a like he's like a, a overbearing type of personality. Yeah. That was just him. So on weaker personalities, you know, he imprint. And I don't weak sounds bad, but that's what it is. Like you 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 imprint on lesser personalities, and mm-hmm. it's like <clears throat> I know people that admired and loved him so much to where they was like, I'm gonna do. Everything he said, exactly the way he said it, exactly the way he did it, and I think you lose so much doing it because you you act you start looking at a person almost as if they're like God, as yeah. if they're perfect. You do nothing unique at that point. People people are flawed, even the people you love. Yeah, the people you love are flawed, so you gotta you gotta pick out the good and the bad. Like that don't you're not disrespecting the person. I got a <clears> super <throat> deep reverence for my grandfather, but like. It's certain shit to where, like, I'm like, okay, I see you did this. I see where you was trying to go. I don't agree with that. I don't think that's a great idea. But I think this way that you went about, especially, like, maintaining your family, being a father figure for everybody, like, just yeah. being a, a patriarch. Like, I'm all boom, around. Boom. I got, I hear you loud and clear. Some of the other stuff is, like, cool, but, and then, and then I, I expect the same thing. Like, I, I expect Landon to do the same thing with me. And it's like, that growth, man. Like, he can formulate off of you. Mm-hmm. What you took from your grandfather, you you pick and choose the knowledge that you want to actually utilize. You took it all in. But some mm-hmm. of it you want to utilize. Some some of it you might put on the back burner. Exactly. But Landon can then build off of your knowledge. I mean, man, that's what it's all about, people. To be honest with you, when you're dead and gone, your money doesn't mean nothing. I mean, you might pass it to your family. But what you do leave behind is, like he said, that knowledge base of, like, how much how much did you pass on? Mm-hmm. How much did you make an imprint on other people? What did, you, what did you do truly to make an impact on other people's lives? It's really why we're here, man. In Super. my personal opinion, Extremely. I'll take everything with a grain of salt, but I'm, I'm really here to see, you know, how many people can I impact and uh, make a difference in, in a positive manner, obviously. <clears throat> Some of y'all impact people on a negative on a negative wavelength, but try not to do that because you know energy expands; it doesn't ever dissipate. So, like when you create negative vibes, them negative vibes are gonna keep existing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people need to take that into account, man. Like when you wake up in the morning and you say, "Man, today is shitty. Like today's about to suck," you are manifesting your day exactly how you you perceive it. Exactly. Like start your day off with saying, "Today will be a beautiful." Even if you you woke up late. And you got a runny nose and you forgot to brush your teeth, man. Like, still try to muster up that 
oh, today's still a good day because the second you allow yourself to believe in your mind that it is a bad day, the earth will in tune give you exactly what you're asking for. Not to spin off topic, mm-hmm. but that that's, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah, and that's a fact. And like, and like we, I'm sure over the next few episodes we're gonna go into that too. But this uh-huh. is like, it's like one of my favorite, and I, and I, and you gonna hear you gonna hear me say this a bunch of times. Like the simplest, simple is is best. More less is more. Simplicity is great. Like one of the biggest things that stood with me, as far as like as far as death. And like dealing with the death of people as you get older, because that's inevitable. You're gonna deal with that. It's like real niggas never die. Ever. And by that, and by that I mean, and I, I I'm bringing up my grandpa a lot. Super big influence on my life. <clears throat> by that I mean, he he's physically no longer here. But every lesson that he's taught me, every ounce of kindness he's gave somebody else, like it's still people every day that give me respect off the the strength of my grandfather because I'm his his grandson. It's like mm-hmm. people, it's, and it's like he's not here. His energy is still here because I'm teaching the shit that he taught me to my son. That energy he's won't gone. dissipate. That, that real niggas never die. He's not really dead because I'm his, his actions directly for a certain amount of time of the people that are still here that he affected like directly. That energy still exists, but also those people that take that energy. Super serious and like, then take that and turn it into their kids, turn it into people that they meet, use that and be like, I'm gonna treat other people like this. It's like you create a, a ripple yeah. through the world. You, you going off, you could talk to one person, man, and that just that one person that you help could in tune be thousands of people, man. A hundred years, you, you, you change you one life, truly you, made such that, a huge impact. It's like the, it's like the pump, like the ripple in water. It's like you. Touch the water, it's just a ripple effect. You affect you affect so many different things just by being a not shitty person. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's really not that hard, people, man. Not. Like at the end of the day, just try to just try to do good. Like you don't always have to be perfect. You don't always have to be kind. We all go through emotional mood swings and you know what I'm saying? We all have our days where we don't want to be uh, bothered with. But my biggest thing is don't project bad energy onto other people. If you wake up in a bad mood or you, you're you going through some stuff, do not you don't have any reason to project that onto another individual. Yeah. So a lot of y'all need to listen to this because a lot of people take their own problems and they want to push it off onto everybody else. Sometimes, man, just take some time for yourself. Some, if you gotta be quiet, be quiet. You know what I'm saying? It's just keep stay put. Stay, keep stay to yourself. I feel like sometimes everybody wanna just make. If it's, it's a bad day, you want everybody else to have a bad day. Facts. What kind of mindset Facts. is that? It's fucked up. You being this un ungrateful dickhead. Like <laughs> this is really who you woke up to yeah. be. You you a shitty, so you want everybody else to. be I shitty. don't understand. I mean, but here am I. You know, I I just hope that our me and Paul doing this podcast, I hope our words can motivate other people to mm-hmm. just become better individuals because me and him, we've had many conversations that were private that we now want to make public because we are we feel yeah. like we make each other stronger men yeah. and that's and at the end of the day, stronger people, not just men. Obviously, we talk a lot about topics of being men as we are, 
but stronger people all around like this these are tools for everybody absolutely and we we really want people to elevate man and and stop being them type of people who don't want to see other people doing good do you you just what kind of vibe is that you know somebody doing good you you mad about it that's weird energy y'all gotta cut that shit out man you see the next man doing better than you whatever you perceive is better instead of hating on this man or being envious of this man learn from this man learn from this man you know maybe he sit down there he might tell you the way he getting it and now you know you want to instead of you being you 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 know you hating on the man now you you ain't learned nothing from him you just wasted an opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah. Use your resources wisely. <clears throat> y'all, yeah, y'all out here using eliminating resources. Yeah. That's stupidity. Yeah. That's the mind allowing you to be stupid. Yeah, that's the ego. Truly. That's your the ego is killing you. Killing it. And Kill yeah. your ego in contrast. And like which so I guess <clears throat> the gist of it is <laughs> obviously as we as we've seen that we've gone through this, like we've been gone for thirty plus minutes now. Like we, we can do this all. <laughs> like me, oh, we do yeah. this all the time. We me, and him, me and him talk for three plus hours, Easily. four hours, all, the all time. day. <clears throat> but we're gonna try to keep some of these short to try to keep people, yeah, interested and invested. But like, <clears throat> I, I guess I just want to touch on like the the theme, the theme, and as far as I don't know how we not we not trying to make anybody feel worse or bad or act like we better than anybody because <clears throat> another thing that you're going to hear us talking about a lot is like we even though we're at a certain place where we're trying to get better we both under and I think this is special like we both understand that like you can try to get better all you want to but you still going we still human you still going to fuck up like yeah. I fuck up every day and we both have <laughs> fucked up every and I still be fucking up <laughs> we both still be fucking up and it, but it, it and and I want to convey that energy to everybody else that listens this is like nobody's perfect nobody's ever 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 gonna be perfect ever but if we help each other and we give each other the knowledge that we've gained we can make a better community and a better generation and leave it better than we got it from the generation. For the generation after it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest... Pass it down in better quality than you would received it. And... <clears throat> that's it. We, yeah, we, we're not perfect. We're not trying to act like we're better than nobody. We're not trying to... Me and Paul would chop it up on a lot of different topics. And I feel like I told him one day, I said, Paul, man, I feel like for our age and, you know, the, the adversity that we have came across, me and you have really embraced this and we've we've just grown so much as individuals and i told him i said man like let's take this opportunity to maybe shed light on other people and like it or love it i mean any support is great we appreciate any support we may get you know moving forward but we want we would love to impact people positively and that's all we really here to do by the way the bottle of wine is gone uh the cabernet that paul you know, recommend it. 337. I've tweeted y'all before. Y'all my favorite wine company. Shout out. The Cabernet is phenomenal. And I'm not really a big dry wine slash room temperature wine guy. Honestly, the more that I'm drinking it, though, I'm becoming a major fan. Fire. Like, fire. I love it. I'm not going to lie. We got to add some cigars in the mix. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, what's better than a nice drink with a cigar? 
So Let's, yeah. Let that be said, man. We uh like this is our first per- podcast, and we hope this reaches you know a magnitude of people if possible. And if y'all enjoy, we hope we have many more to come. Yeah. It was a great thing doing it with you, brother. Yes, sir. Thank My you, dog. Bro. I appreciate Thank you. Thank y'all. Anybody that listens to this first episode, we're gonna keep doing more. We're gonna get better every time we go. Every time. Appreciate it. Um, Peace. Thank you. I love it. <laughs>